Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer in Iowa, presented by Kick It Forward and sponsored by Scott Insurance Services, as well as Michael Keener, attorney at law. Scott Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa, servicing central Iowa and all surrounding states. They are family owned and are a locally operated business with over 125 years of experience in the insurance services industry, specializing in personal and commercial insurance. They are a good friend of the pod, a huge supporter of soccer in Iowa, and run by Iowa soccer legend, Billy Scott. Michael Keener, attorney at law. Based in Des Moines, Michael's practice includes trial and litigation matters with an emphasis on commercial litigation, personal injury, criminal defense, and issues in the legislature and Iowa's administrative agencies. Michael is a longtime supporter of Kick It Forward and the work it does in Iowa's soccer community. You can reach him at 515-245-4330 or via email at michaelkeener at griefsydney.com. That's M-K-U-E-H-N-E-R at griefsydney.com, G-R-E-F-E-S-I-D-N-E-Y.com. mkeener at griefsydney.com. Michael Keener, attorney at law. This podcast is now distributed on multiple platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Hi there. I'm Ben Brackett with my good friend Blake Sievers, and we're here to talk soccer. That's right, Ben. All Iowa soccer, all the time. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. I'm Ben Brackett, your co-host with Blake Sievers, also known as my good friend. Blake, what's up? Hey, Ben, I'm really excited for this new series that we're going to unveil. You know, it's a little different than what we've been doing, but our name of the pod is Soccer Talk, and our description is... We're going to talk about soccer, aren't we? In Iowa, absolutely, Ben. So, without further ado, our newest series is called... The Iowa Club Soccer Tryout Series. So, Ben, that's good. You know, we've had some great conversations with some of these local leaders in Des Moines, in the Des Moines area that run these clubs. So, you know, do you want to give the our audience a little breakdown of kind of how we've come up come upon this and how we're going to release these these pods? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, so tryouts start the week of June 3rd. And so, you know, Youth Soccer um, and ISA has kind of picked that as the, the, the month of June is when that, that happens. So uh, we thought it would be a great idea to talk to all the clubs, let them tell you a little bit about their facilities, tell you a little about their staff, tell you a little bit about um, where they've been and where they're going. Um, and it was, it was pretty cool. It was, Ben, yeah. So, you know, we specifically, you know, we reached out to... We, the, talk, we reached out to everybody, didn't we? We did. We reached out to everybody. You know, we reached out to Ames. We're inclusive here. We are very inclusive. So we reached out to Gary Isles up at Ames Soccer Club. And then uh, also reached out to the the Fusion Soccer Club, which is a formerly known as Soccer West. Uh, we weren't able to connect with them, and we're, unfortunately weren't able to have them on. Uh, GPS Iowa with Andy Cummins were, was uh, gracious enough to give us some of his time, give us a little insight on what their, 
they're doing their little rebranding as well. Yep, and then we're going to talk to Kirk Artist up at the Iowa Rush uh, outside Ankeny. Uh, the Jayhawk Soccer Club we reached out to and unfortunately did not get any response from them. Uh, we also did not get any response from Sporting Iowa, which is um, recently announced their merger between Johnson Urbandale Soccer Club and the West Point Soccer Club. Um, and please note, this is going in alphabetical order. UFA, United Football Academy with Jaime Leva, was able to make some time for us and talk a little bit about his program and kind of the new things they're doing over there. Yeah, and then of course, last but not least, because of course we're doing this in alphabetical order, is the Vision Soccer Academy out of Waukee, and we had a chance to talk to our, uh, our buddy Chris McGill. So uh, super exciting, again, to have all these guys on, and um, I think you'll find... Um, some really interesting opinions and some uh, some unique things. You know, obviously there's a lot of uh, I would say there's a lot of parity in club soccer, um, and you know to an extent there's not a lot of difference between one club and another. But then at the same time, then you know you start talking about the staff, you start talking about the little different things they offer, um, and I think when we were talking about it, um, I thought it was really neat to to sort of shine a light on all these clubs because they're they're doing different things. Um, unique things and some of it some of it's like really kind of innovative and different and really positive right Blake absolutely you know there's a lot of things that we learned and I would say we are you know somewhat connected to the soccer community here in uh in Des Moines and Iowa (laughs) (laughs) but there's things that these clubs are doing that we don't know about so um, if we don't know about it certainly the the general public isn't yeah isn't absolutely and there's it, a so. lot of neat things they're doing and like you said there's uh there's opportunities there's locations they're playing at that that enlighten us and it's uh it's been a good chat with the all uh, with all these these local clubs yeah so as far as format goes just again so that we're uh transparent and fair um we've uh, effectively asked everyone the same questions um, you know, obviously some people communicate differently than others. So sometimes we had to kind of improvise a little bit and, you know, shift things in one part of the conversation or another. But, uh, overall, I think you'll, you'll, uh, you'll hear, uh, five very, uh, similarly structured conversations. Um, and you'll also hear the same intro five times. So if you are listening right now, uh, and you're about to listen to Gary Isles, uh, you should next time when you when you log on you should uh, maybe like to skip the first five minutes but you might also want to just hear the dulcet tones of Blake Sievers and in that case why don't you go ahead and keep listening all right let's get to it then <laughs> right on um. all right welcome Jaime Leva to the pod Jaime is with the UFA the United Football Academy here in Des Moines uh, welcome Jaime hello everybody uh, hello to everyone who's listening to a, to the podcast we're uh, pretty excited to have Jaime here. Jaime is, uh, he's, he's kind of like, uh, he's a new territory for himself and for the UFA, for the club. Um, they have uh, just recently uh, announced that they're going to be joining the ISL, the Iowa Soccer League, so that will qualify them to participate in the State Cup. Um, hey, Jaime, why don't you tell us a little bit about your club and where you're at today and uh, what's going on? Yeah, so UFA started about two years ago in 2017. It, uh, it was at a, as a result of a league that we were running. Uh, a lot of parents were asking for something a little bit more structured, a little bit more organized. And that, that aligned very well with, with what a, a mission that I had been working on for a while was to provide uh, organized soccer, but at an affordable price. So that's, that, that's kind of where UFA started. So first uh, it was the league. You were doing the league first. Yep. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, so we, we had the league. We were inviting teams from outside. 
Um, I had one team that I was coaching. Parent had asked me to coach the team. We were training about twice a week, and some parents started seeing the training sessions, and more and more parents got interested. And as we grow, we you know we started getting more coaches, and we we were kind of filling a void in the in the soccer community in the southeast side of Des Moines. Yeah. Um, and now you know two years later, we we're twenty twenty coaches, more than two hundred kids, and we're about to jump into the Iowa Soccer League here here this fall. So we're excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh... Kudos to you for sure. Uh, true grassroots effort. Yeah, I mean, man, we talk about, right, grassroots and where it starts. I mean, you guys, two years ago, you literally started with one team, yourself as a coach, maybe one assistant, it kind of sounds like, and now you've grown to 20 coaches. Um, how many teams? So you guys kind of kind of talk a little bit about your league and how that kind of developed because now um, are you guys currently started the, the league right now? Are you playing? Are you getting ready to um, this summer start it? And how many and where basically where I'm kind of going with that is how many now how much have you grown to how many teams and kids you have participating this year in your league? Yeah, so so on the league side we have we invite teams from outside of of UFA uh, a lot of independent teams uh, we get a lot of uh, club players that parents get a good group together and and make uh, basically select teams you know and. And the level is very high, so we, we're very happy about having a very competitive league. So that's kind of what has helped UFA as well to to have a to catch up, you know, to the other clubs on the competitive side because we've been competing against the better players in the region in our league. Um, currently, our team our our league has about fifty youth teams, and we ha- I would say about five to six hundred kids participating in our leagues currently. Um, that has been has been growing. We started. At six teams, you know, two years ago, and that has, that has only grown. So we we're also excited about that. How many of those teams are UFA teams? Out of the fifty teams, ten are okay, UFA so teams. Okay, so you guys have two years grown from one to ten, um, team base. I mean, it's fair yes. to say, right? That's yep. that's a pretty good, yeah, pretty good growth there. Talk about um, your calendar that you guys offer. So I mean, obviously, it has a little bit to do with your league, I would guess. Um, but it sounds to me like you guys don't really, you guys don't necessarily do the the, the same sort of. Uh, uh, you know, kind of spring, take a break in the summer, play in the fall, take a break in the summer. You guys play almost year round, it seems. Yeah, so so we you know we are making adjustments now now that we're joining the Iowa Soccer Association and the Iowa Soccer League, and uh, but normally we will we will do a spring season. So um, we'll start in the first second week of April. We'll go until the end of the end of June. <clears throat> take a, a couple week breaks. A couple weeks break there, and then go. We we went. We would go to Iowa game. So this year we're doing that again. That's so we're gonna, late July, right? Yeah, that's middle to late July. So that that will be our first competition, uh, late July, and then we will st- kick off the league right after that. So the first week of August, and then Iowa the Iowa soccer league will start in the middle of August. Then so then we'll go from there through November, and November we'll take a week break, and then we'll jump into indoor season, which uh, is. Perfect little segue, I think, Ben, because, you know, you guys have a pretty cool, I went down there once to AIB, you guys have a pretty cool league set up there, so talk a little bit about the winter, and I know you guys use a couple different facilities, I believe, but um, on kind of continuing Ben's question on your calendar, when do you guys start up indoors and kind of give us your programming you guys do for that as well? Yeah, so given the fact that we're not part of Iowa soccer, we are going to be aligning 100% with that calendar so that we can allow 
other clubs, other programs to be able to bring their teams into our league because our goal with that league is to com- to to keep the level competitive. There are other leagues out there that are recreational, but we are big believers in in playing high level soccer for our kids to develop faster. So. Um. Yeah, your league though. I think Blake was just wanted to comment on how fun it was. I mean, I I came down and checked it out one day as well, and uh, all sorts of different teams, all sorts of passion for the game. A lot of uh, fans and family show up. It seemed like there was always kind of a buzz around it, and it was just really fun to see. Atmospheres. Yeah. Was, I mean, yeah, it was great. Um, there's seemed nobody like the else kids loved it too. Atmosphere around here. Yeah. Yeah, we try we try to develop that fire uh, family environment. You know, we we got. F- Good food, so yep. we have good food vendors there. That always retains people at the place. I should have uh, mentioned that because that was uh, that yeah. was very unique. And you know, we well as as our pod listeners know, uh, you know, the eating challenge that was kind of my specialty. So, <laughs> so food, I'm all about it. Yeah, no. So you know, the food is a big part of it, but community is huge, and we have we've been blessed to have teams from different parts, uh, different communities. So we have, a t- we have the Genesis Youth Foundation teams, which those are. Good teams to have. They come from a different side of town. Similar mission to UFA. Um, we also have a couple of teams from uh, the Southeast Asia refugee community. We have one of those teams from there. We have another team from the Sudanese community. And then we have, you know, we have the Kick It Forward teams have been participating in the I was, waiting, I was waiting for that plug. Yeah. There um, we go. So we, we, get, we get a little bit of everything. Um, recently in meetings with, with uh, a club in Altoona, they will also be joining our league, so we're excited to 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 continue growing that and, and kind of uh, provide a, a a platform for teams to to compete and participate in a in a different different environment. Sure. So talk a little bit about well, maybe tell us first about your coaching, your coaching staff, and then we'll maybe kind of segue that into uh, give us an idea of what your your training calendar looks like, or maybe maybe not even calendar, but like week to week. You know, hey, how many days do you train? What does training look like? What do you focus on? But maybe start with the coaches and tell us. You know, obviously, are you are you the director of coaching? Yeah, so I'm the I'm the director of coaching, and we've we've been giving people an opportunity. Uh, our home movement has been hundred percent grassroots, so most of our coaches did not coach before. They have a passion for the game. They have a passion for helping, and they have a uh, experience playing. Uh, so those are the the three things that we look for, and. You know, so far we haven't been disappointed with with the people that we've that we've elected, but we've given a lot of young people an opportunity to learn and develop and and provide education for them and continue to learn as we go. Um, Any specific coaches you want to give a shout out to, or that have like really stepped up, or that are taking on a big role? You know, I'm I'm very proud of of our whole team. Um, definitely, um, all of our coaches are doing a good job. Our coach Sergio Romero, he's he took an Angie Reyes. Uh, they've been working with their 08, 09 group, and they went to the VSA uh, football tournament. That was kind of like our first showcase tournament. Uh, did very well. That group has been working together for about a year now, and I, you know, I can't say enough about their work. Um, and everybody else, the whole team, the whole team, Coach Pat, Pat Mullins, Coach Amilcar, um, now recently with Coach Austin, Coach Sebastian, they, they've been doing a good job, and uh, shout out to also Coach Rocio and Coach Juan with the 2010s. I love it. Uh, that group, we the 2010s, We that's one group that we're very, very excited about. We've been working with them for about a year now, and we just we just can't wait to see them participate uh, in the up, upcoming years with all the things that they can do with it. That's so. cool. So you guys, so you guys uh, span what age groups? Do you have 
Uh, it sounds like you, like you, an academy U9, U10 age, and then you guys go all the way up to... Yeah, so we actually have the peewee program, so that's four and five-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And after that, we have a, the junior program, which is six and seven. Then we have the uh, considered academy program. Mm -hmm. And after that, we, we break it down to U11, 12, 13. So right now, we, our youngest player is three years old, and our oldest is 14. Gotcha. So. And you guys must, um, you know, we went to the uh, Lincoln... Lincoln game the other night, and I think all the ball boys over there were wearing the UFA shirt. So I think there's, uh, you know, pretty cool tie-in. You guys have the older siblings um, that are playing for the high school, but their younger kids are playing in the UFA, obviously going to the games and kind of helping out. Yeah, well. we we have a direct relationship with Lincoln soccer, given that two of our two of our coaches, Lorenzo and Amilcar, are going to be they're they're assistant coaches for for Jack right now. And obviously, being Southsiders, we we're excited to see not only what they're doing now. We you know we we're in we're in this to support them this year, and hopefully they can make state for the first time in in our school history. But we're excited to see you know not only on the uh, on the boys side, but on the girls side. Now that UFA recently started the girls program, we're just excited to see where things are going to go in the upcoming years with the impact that UFA players are going to make in the. Lincoln soccer program. So yeah, that's excited. really cool. And so you guys, so you guys now will have uh, full programming for uh, young men and young ladies, correct? Yeah. So so we started we started this spring with a girls program. Right now we have um, three teams. One is U thirteen. One is U twelve. Well, U thirteen, U eleven, and then U nine is the other one. So Very that's cool. what we have right now for girls. Great. Um, talk a little bit about just like training week to week to week. What's your calendar look like? Um, and like, you know, what's, what sort of curriculum are you looking at? You know, like some clubs I know are going to be very, uh, stringent and kind of, uh, you know, corporate in a sense and how they're going to approach it. And then in another sense, you're going to have people where they say just coaches just go and go do their thing. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your guys' philosophy and how many times a week yeah. you guys go as well. Yeah. So at the, at the, at the more competitive side, we train three to four times a week. Um, at the lower levels, we train only once a week with the peewees. Um, sure. It's kind of we're just getting them introduced um, to the game. We're big on we're big on the first years of development on touches on the ball. We always use the reference of we want to get our our players uh, a million touches on the ball before they turn eight. So that you know that's a you know we don't there's no way to measure that goal, but it's a goal it's a good goal for our coaches to have that, hey, let's get these kids as many touches on the ball so that they can get comfortable with it as they, as they grow. Uh, but as far as the you know, coaching philosophy or playing philosophy, we, we, have, uh, we have very technical players that allow us to play um, a possession game. Um, and we just, you know, right now we're trying to work on the, the, the defensive side, being organized and tactical defensively. Uh, but definitely UFA are going to be teams that are going to retain the ball as much as possible and uh, try to use that technical part of the game to our advantage. Sure. So. Uh, talk about facilities too. Um, where, where do you guys train and play games? So right now we've, uh, we've been practicing at Brody Middle School, mm -hmm. and uh, we're in conversations right now to see where, where we're going to be in the fall, but we, we have some advanced negotiations with, with different people. So we will have a, a training facility We'll be announcing that in the upcoming weeks, um, hopefully. Uh, so right now it's just Brody Middle School, and we've been talking to a couple sports complexes to see if we can find a, uh, if we can come to an agreement there. Sure. So. Fair enough. Um, 
I think then uh, we've got some sort of more like uh, subjective questions for you, but before we do that, I think we'll just kind of leave it for you to, you know, if you've got anything you want to talk about for the future going forward, where's your club going? Um, anything you're really excited about, whether it's an event or something you're trying to promote other than tryouts. Um, and then at the end, we'll, we'll circle back and you want to give us your bullets on like when tryouts are and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, if you want to you know, give us an idea of future thoughts for uh, UFA. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, UFA is going to be a household name in Des Moines uh, because we're going to be doing different things with, with our players, with our participants. Obviously, so everything surrounds the soccer ball. We bring in kids because they love the game. But we are going to be doing much more than that outside of the field. We keep our kids involved in the community, whether it's at the Lincoln Games or community service hours or the Latino Heritage Festival or any or run with the police. We had some of our players uh, run in the run with the police recently. We always try to encourage our kids to participate in the community, to, to develop their uh, leadership skills but also on the academic side we're going to be heavily involved in that making sure that our kids stay focused in school and making sure that the opportunities are there when when the time comes for them once they're ready to graduate from from high school so we are we we are going to operate a little bit different in that sense and, and also the fact that we we operate year-round we we're not going to stop we we're going to continue to develop these kids as much as we can on the soccer field so sure great so um that's interesting, you know, the academic side. You know, we talk about it, and we've talked about it on the pod a few times of, you know, there is, there's other opportunities for kids if their academics are in good uh, good standing for them to go and do things out after they get done with high school. So, I mean, that's cool. I hope you guys stay kind of on top of that and make that a, uh, make that a priority because I think all of us have, have uh, I mean, Ben went to an Ivy League school. I went to the – the Harvard of the Ivy League here in the Midwest, oh, yeah, sure. right? <laughs> so uh, academics are pretty, you know, they've, they've opened a lot of doors for us. That's pretty cool, and um, hope you guys continue that. You know, one of the um, one of the big talking points in Des Moines, uh, there's two kind of right now that are going on, is the uh, the Menace Youth Program um, ending or seizing operations. So, Jaime, give us your thoughts, if you have any. What does that do to UFA? What does that do to the soccer community around? Just kind of open open book for you to just to give – give all the listeners your just your thoughts on on that in general because it's a pretty big deal um, yeah. here in Des Moines. Well, you know, first of all, I just want to say that Menas has done a very good job of developing good soccer players locally. I'm a product of the Des Moines Menace. Um, I played there my whole youth career. I played West Des Moines a couple of seasons, but I mainly I played at Des Moines Menace. So, you know, I'm not thrilled about the news given that there are many, many teams that were formed, many players that were excited for their futures with their teams. Um, they had some good groups going. Um, you know, a few of those groups play in our league, the, the 2005s, the 2007s, very, very strong boys groups. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where, what happens with those groups. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can, they can stay together and, and continue being successful because, they, you know, they, those two groups specifically that I'm, talking referencing you know very strong teams in the state so I was excited to see what they what they would have done and you know it's to me I'm not thrilled about it I, I wish those teams would have stuck together but you know decisions are made and we kind of have to uh, adapt to those and obviously for UFA naturally a few of those kids come from our side of town uh, 
down to the they go to the menace they went they were going to the menace i think now we're going to get a few of those players naturally just from the um you know players going to different clubs so you know we i i don't take it as good news i wish those teams would have stuck together but there is going to be a positive byproduct of that decision to ufa um is going to expand our talent pool for sure so great and kind of the other one was um you know the the topic of these clubs merging together I think uh, most clubs around here have merged at one point or another um, with another club at some point, like I said, fairly recently. So give us kind of your thoughts on the whole topic of merging different communities um, under one umbrella as a, as a club. You know, I'm a big believer in, believer in the grassroots movement should be local. It should... Uh, kid from the south side of the Moines should not have to travel to Waukee or Johnston, Iowa, or vice versa to be part of a soccer program. I'm a big believer that everything should be kept local to keep those costs down. Um, but I think that's, there is an advantage to merge at some point with clubs. I think that the Moines Menace is going to have an interesting opportunity in the upcoming years to create a professional academy to give the top players an opportunity to really get go after those opportunities. As we know, Iowa has not competed very well regionally. Uh, there, there's there's many factors to that, uh, but I I think I think it's more on the grassroots development than picking the best players to go compete against other other states' best players because we've seen our teams go to tournaments and we've seen those B, C, D teams still be as good as their A team on the from other states. So you know that's what that speaks to me is. It's not really that they're picking the best teams in the state. It's just that their developing of players is just better than ours. So th that's where we're really lacking. That's where we really need to focus on rather than combining players. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's well said. Um, so I think we just kind of want to end things with a little bit of a tryout overview. Um, so, um, you know, why don't first let us know when, uh, when are tryouts and where are tryouts um, or where can they find the information about tryouts? start there yeah so we're currently you know we're a new club uh, we, we're working on our website it'll be ready up and ready very shortly in the coming upcoming weeks but currently we've been running what uh, is your website what will your website be just so people the people know people like, like to come back and listen to our episodes long after they're done so so it will be united dm academy dot com and uh, but right now you can find us on Facebook under United Football Academy DMI and you'll find all the information there and um, our tryouts are going to be the first week of June, June 3, 4 and 5. Uh, we're going to be doing 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to have all the groups come at the same time, uh, at the same location to keep, it, to keep it convenient for those families that have more than one kid. Um, we're going to be doing tryouts for um, U11 boys, U12 boys, U13 boys, U14 boys, and U15 boys. And we are going to be doing tryouts for the uh, U12 girls and U14 girls. Very good. Uh, just a general question about that, uh, about tryouts and selection. What, what kind of roster size do you guys usually carry? You know, if you've got, uh, when you're getting, especially... I guess, well, in the younger ages, you're playing 99, and then as you get a little older, you're doing the 11 v 11. So give us an idea there. So we, we're probably going to be running a 20-player roster um, all over the board, given that we're going to be participating in two competitions. So our model is going to be giving our uh, not-so-experienced players 
a little bit more game time on the on the low, on our league and then on the ISL kind of taking our, our best players from every group. That way we can keep as many players in our in our teams and it allows us to uh, keep them together as long as possible and, and kind of select from there eventually at the U15, U16 level, have a stronger team. Awesome. Um, last little piece, cost. So is there a cost of tryouts? And then what is the cost overall if you make the team for the year? What does that entail? Um, obviously, those are um, that's always hot buttons for the parents, right? Yeah, yeah. So so the tryout is $10, and that's uh, to cover the, the T-shirt that we're going to be providing at the tryout. That's $10 per player. And then our registration fees, uh, we have a basic uh, basic uh, payment of $300 for the fall and then $300 for the spring, which is going to cover the I- ISL, UFL participation, and it's going to cover one tournament that we go to in the fall and one in the spring. We do very well with our fundraising, so we try to uh, keep costs for parents very low. We understand that you know, some some families may have two, three kids participating in sports. So we want to we want to help them as much as possible. And uh, we believe that that our costs are very affordable. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it even compares with any other clubs out there. But, uh, you know, if there is a family out there that cannot pay what what our fees are, we're willing to to work with them and, and help them out. Uh, we, we like I said, we do heavy, heavy fundraising so that we can keep our program going and we can keep costs as low as possible. Well, I think um, from the sounds of it, just looking at the growth, it sounds like you guys are doing a pretty good job of that. And it sounds like you guys are on the right track. Absolutely. I mean, if, unless you have anything else, we appreciate your time today. Yeah, it's been great. No, I just want to say thank you for, for having me and kick it forward. Thank you for you know all the support that you've, you've given us in different areas. Um, can't say enough about what you're doing and the difference that you're making and Thank you for for what you're doing, and thank you for having me. Likewise. As I always say after an interview, I loved that. That was great. I enjoyed it. Maybe I don't say it exactly that way, but it's always always basically the same thing, isn't it, Blake? It has been. For this tryout series that we just released, you're going to say that exactly the same way all five times, which I find super interesting. It's mind-blowing almost. Uh, But yes, thank you um, again for listening, and uh, thank you to all of our generous contributors. Um, Again, we're going to record this once as opposed to uh, five different times. Um, But again, thanks to the Ames Soccer Club and Gary Isles. Thanks to GPS Iowa and Andy Cummings. Thanks to Kirk Artist and the Iowa Rush. Thanks to Hemi Leva and the United Football Academy. Jaime Leva, sorry, I got a little going a little quicker than I meant to there. And of course, Chris McGill at the Vision Soccer Academy. Uh, we really appreciate their time. Again, super generous, super gracious, um, and a lot of great info, right? Absolutely, Ben. I agree. Again, as we've talked, you know, hopefully these clubs will, uh, and the, their membership will appreciate these guys. You know, spending a few minutes of their time, get on promoting who they are, what they're doing, and you know continue to move uh soccer forward here here in des moines indeed uh we should just give a quick shout for uh social media if you guys want to follow us we are at kick underscore forward on twitter and then on facebook we're at kick it forward ia Um, and then of course we can't forget to thank our sponsors they're the best 
Um, I'm going to thank Bill Scott this time because I don't get to thank him enough. Billy Scott at Scott Insurances, Scott Insurance Services, thank you so much for all your support. Uh, Bill is an Iowa soccer legend himself, and we hope to have him on soon. Uh, But if you've got insurance needs, Billy's your guy. You know, the same kind of uh, route there, Ben, Michael Keener, attorney at law. If you have any kind of legal issue, Michael's a, a great friend of ours, been a supporter at Kick It Forward for many years, and can help you out with anything you need. Um, and then as well, for the listeners, if you guys have any feedback, any comments, questions, you know, slide into our DMs. We've been, uh, it's interesting, Ben, as our audience continues to grow, we have been getting a few more uh, more comments and a lot of feedback, uh, inter- interestingly enough. I don't think anybody could ever slide into our DMs too often, could they? They could, Ben. So we, uh, we appreciate you guys all listening. And again, if you anything else, you know where to find us. We will talk to you next time. Thank you.